Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. When four college professors, a geologist and a chemist, a physicist and a petroleum engineer report seeing the same UFOs on 14 different occasions, the event can be classified as at least unusual. Add the facts that hundreds of other people saw these UFOs and they were photographed and the story gets even better. Add a few more facts that these UFOs were picked up on radar and that a few people got a close look at all of them. And the story begins to convince even the most ardent skeptics. Today again, Dr. Bill joins us. Bill, how's the weather Hello. in Florida? How's the weather in Florida? I have to ask. Hot. Is hot. the rain stopped though, sir? Yeah. Uh, I've been getting the afternoon rains, but it's hot and it's very humid at this point. Yeah. No, typical, typical Florida weather for this time of year. You don't have to worry about your septic system, though, right? Uh, it's, um, I, what, you can't go crazy. You're not going to be taking oh, what? Uh, long yes. showers. Yes. And no long showers. So it's, it's like, uh, it's almost, talk it's almost certain, like water. Talk to certain family members about taking extended showers. Yeah, you want to, you want to be a little sort of circumspect. It's gotten a lot better, though. Um, well, that's two good. of the neighbors I saw recently were getting their septics pumped. Uh, and that's one thing that you can do so you can sort of get ahead of it. But it's just the water table. So real high right now. Uh, and you don't need to do that. But it's uh, it's gotten better. It's gotten a lot better. Um, but awesome. It's it's, you know, 13 inches of rain in a month. And then a uh, tropical storm came over and dumped like another six or eight inches in a day. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. So um, that's what you get. But it's fine. It's it's The water table's going down. Uh, the grass is growing like gangbusters. I need to mow, get on mow that, tomorrow morning. Get on that riding mower. That's right. Yeah, I mean, the the grass. I mean, the stuff here in Florida, you, you can practically watch it grow. It grows. Everything grows so fast. It's tropical, so, sir. You've, lived, you've moved yeah. to the tropics. Yeah, it's close. And that's what happens when you're tropical. So today, we're back to the report on unidentified flying objects by Edward J. Rupelt. And we're talking about the Lubbock Lights. Yes. So, what did you think about the Lubbock Lights? Thought it thought it was uh, sort of interesting. I'm going to turn this fan on. Let me know if the noise is weird. Can you hear that? Is it hot there? Yeah, it's hot. It's like uh, it's in the 90s outside, and I'm in the back uh, room with the door shut, so it's uh, getting heat. Yeah, up you, in here. you can definitely hear it. Should I? I can turn it off. I'll suffer. All right, I'm gonna turn <laughs> You're it off. You're gonna die. Turn it off. <laughs> yeah, if, if I if I suddenly stop talking, send water. Hear a thump. <laughs> send water. I don't have Gabriella's number, so I can't. Uh, you know. Oh yeah, uh, just uh, send water. Send water. Okay. Uh, hey, so I sent you some documents. Did you see the Did you see the United States Air Force Project Grudge and Blue Book reports one through 12, 1951 to nineteen fifty three, published by NICAP? That was the one you sent me on email, right? Yeah. Have you looked at it yeah. yet? No, I did not open those yet. I just looked at it this morning, and on page three, well, so it's twelve. 
Project Grudge reports, oh, I say Project Grudge reports one through four, and then Project Blue Book status report five through 12. But the cross-references show the, um, the report page number and cross-references to the Rupelt book. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. I wish we'd had this before. I didn't. I, I just. I looked at it this morning, and I'm like flipping through the the beginning of the thing, and I'm going Rupelt pages. So yeah, it looks like a great resource. So you can actually cross reference the Blue Book reports with the Rupelt book. So this was the number fourteen. Was a... No, that was a different. <laughs> that was a different one. Holy then there's crap. That, that's, this is the number of reports one through twelve. I sent you a bunch of stuff. I also sent you strange effects from UFOs, NICAP special report from 1969, and all these things. I printed, I printed them out. We'll get to that one. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I yeah. looked at that. And then I also sent you uh, UFOs, a new look by uh, Donald Kehoe from 1969. So I've just been, I've been reading been, the, uh, what's that? Just been reading like crazy, huh? Oh, well, I've been crap. reading... Um, Firestorm by Ann Druffel, which is the biography of uh, what's his name James McDonald, who was a atmospheric physicist that uh, started investigating UFOs, and it's these and they reference this stuff. So I looked it up, and I and you can hunt around, you can find this stuff online. Um, but yeah, it's a great, great, interesting resources. I wonder if anybody's so, uh, ever really tied all this together. It's weird because we have all we have all this sporadic information that even you have, as an excellent researcher, have brought forth, and it's like there's nothing to tie all this together. We're tie we're tying this together more than you know well, the outside. It's, it's weird. It's, well, it's sporadic all over the place. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because it's like uh, Kufos. Kufos. What does that mean? Um, what is the Kufo? Uh, Center for UFO Studies, and they've renamed it after Al J. Allen Hynek had died to the J. Allen Hynek Center for UFO Studies. Uh, they. Um, oh, what what, what's the difference between Kufo and MUFON? MUFON is a mutual UFO network. It's a different yeah. organization. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a card carrying member, but I mean, it's <laughs> but I mean, uh, what's the difference? <laughs> What's the difference, the difference? Um, well, Kufos, is, Kufos was set up as, I don't know what. I mean, it was set up by uh, Hynek. Okay. And MUFON was set up by other people. And the uh, thing about Kufos is Hynek, and they actually were trying to, he was working with, um, Hynek was working with this guy named, um, the hell was his name? William something. I have his obituary here somewhere all these all these people are dead oh that's um, nice yeah because and he was working with this guy that was actually in florida that was uh he's a phd in something and he was uh um he was setting up a computer database and suppose and apparently well it's not really a database and like kufos i think you can buy or download i might want to buy i might have to buy it but you can get a database with all these uh, or spread basically it's a spreadsheet massive spreadsheet with all this ufo stuff so and uh, mufon actually has uh, online databases that you can sort sort it but nobody's talking about no i don't think anybody's tried to do 
If they have, I haven't heard anything about it at this point, do any in-depth analysis. And Hynek was talking about uh, doing that in the 60s using these using computers. And then the new report that just came out that was given to Congress was saying using computer computers and AI to look for uh, patterns in the UFO sightings. So, yeah. The, yeah, who knows? People well, have been talking about computerizing and doing something with this data for 50 years. Yeah, I mean, they, and they continue today. Well, we won't beat a dead horse because we talked about that all last time. Yeah. <laughs> how, we, how, we can't, how we can't figure out what the stuff is with all this technology. But really, I mean, the aliens are here, right? I mean, we're just, this is just all this. We happen to see UFOs, you know, they're here. We're, they're talking to the government. <laughs> well, yeah. well i don't know if they're i don't know if they're uh they're here and that's but, why we are just we're disavowing any information as to the ufos because we don't want that to lead to the truth that you know the government knows and the government you know they're working with the government and you know trump is an alien no trump could be an alien yeah. i suppose yeah. yeah i saw this i saw this great inter uh video that some person put up on uh um, a, of a video of Jeff Bezos, and yes. this person was saying saying that he was a reptilian, and there was a face peering out of his neck. Ah, hell yeah! Hysterical. Oh yeah, it was great. It's hysterical. Speaking of Be it. speaking of Bezos, we have to talk about the rocket launch, right? The ten minute carnival ride. Yeah, was it really a trip into space, Bill? That's uh, the it was question. Sixty-five the miles week. up. Technically, it is space. Uh, the FAA did something I think was really chicken shit on the same day that Bezos did this. Uh, the FAH would used to you could get a civilian astronaut pin if you flew over 50 miles they in the atmosphere. It. They changed. They it, changed they? it. They changed it that day that Bezos did his his flight, and they changed it so you can get the civilian astronaut pin, but you have to be doing something for public safety. So basically what they're doing is they're saying, this pin only applies to test pilots, not to um, Bezos and so you can't um, tourist, buy, tourist you can't, rockets. You can't tourist rockets. Disneyland, right? You can't buy it. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can't buy your pin anymore. You're going to have to do it. something. But, and uh, I, 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 and I think it was for Bezos and his brother and the, that lady and the kid. I think they they should they deserved it. I mean, it's uh, it's the first man test flight of his rocket. Um, Blue, know, they're, origin. They're Blue origin. Blue origin. Uh, you know, it was chicken. Yeah. I think it was chicken shit for them to do that on the day yes. of his launch. Yes, I I would agree. But you do know it what? the day after his launch. So many things yeah. the government do that you know screw us well so you know whatever know. yeah that, that was just i mean i it's it looks very uh yeah it just it was, it doesn't look good doing it that way and then Give we got the some credit and then we can't get off the subject without discussing the design of the rocket oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh john stewart put a, a video up i didn't send it to you but uh about making fun of all these guys in the rockets and they all look like penises, and they have like a Zuckerberg ro rocket, and they're in space shooting lasers at each other, and Bezos, and and uh, and uh, they had uh, the guy from Seinfeld. I can't remember his name. The bald guy from Seinfeld was playing um, 
Bezos. Oh my God, really? Yeah, so they had all these rockets up in, in orbit shooting, penis rockets shooting lasers at each other. So That's John a... Stewart made a video making fun of all these guys with the rocket ships. It's so, amazing. But yeah, I, th I thought it was uh, I thought it was cool. Um, I yeah, I didn't like it that they didn't give him his astronaut pin. I mean, the guy put this together, and the people that went on the flight, I think, were taking a chance. If they wanted to do it after the fact, sure, but don't do it the day of the flight. How many miles up did you say? <clears throat> he went 65 miles. And 50 miles is considered um, you get your astronaut pin. 50 so, times. It's 250,000 feet, or what is that? I don't my calculator. Uh, I'm never, I never 50 times. 5,280. So yeah. just as a point of reference, when we see, when we read about and study um, the past UFO sightings, where we see how far up they are, and uh, they, we've determined that they look through their, how do they see that? Well, they look through their, they had a um, telescope or the site, what do they call that? They had an, there's an actual name oh, for when yeah, they were using it for missiles yeah. and things. Yeah, for the uh, balloon launches and things. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, they had that, but it, we were just musing as to how they could see up that high. So maybe they're just seeing these things fly around in uh, uh, up space. I mean, can they see into space? Can you? Well, we can see the. I mean, we can see we the can space see station. This. People, people have photographed the space station using telescopes. So I mean, that's so you can see you can see fairly small this space station i don't think it's that big it's about the size of a house so yeah um, you can you can take pictures of that in orbit i don't remember how high it is but <clears throat> excuse me so the lubbock lights oh well let's i want to i i you oh, didn't listen still... to it but i listened to uh chris mellon yes joe rogan and he made a i wanted to bring this up because he talked about uh bob lazar and Joe Rogan worships the ground that Bob Lazar walks upon, but uh, and absolutely believes his story, which I think is is great. But uh, Chris Mellon sort of gave a confirmation that Lazar actually worked at the site Area Fifty One because he said that a friend of his who worked there said that Bob Lazar goes well. Chris Mellon goes. Uh, Bob Lazar's job was just to check radiation badges. And oh. so I, I felt that was a confirmation. It's a secondary confirmation that he actually worked there, worked at the site. Well, and that would make sense, though, with his background, that with the radiation yeah. badge thing. That, yeah. that would yeah. actually make sense. But yeah. so he had, but probably not, could he have seen something checking radiation badges? Well, radio, um, you know. the guy that's, from my experience from the universities that I've worked at with the radiation stuff, the radiation people, Bob Lazar worked at night. So one of the things that the radiation people do, they don't just check radiation bads, badges, they do uh, radiation surveys. So in areas where people work with radiation, they go in there and they check things to make sure there's not contamination. So I think that if he was there as a a radiation safety guy at night he had access to a lot of spaces because any space that worked with radiation he had access to it and would be going in there to do surveys and if you're going into a lab or someplace to do a survey 
at night, <clears throat> nobody's working there. You can look at everything. You, you can do whatever you want. So we're thinking um, Lazar may not have been a reverse engineering technoid that we thought he was, possibly? I, I don't know. I'm taking it as if if he was there as a radiation guy, I would say he had access to a lot of spaces and could see a lot of things, especially at night when people weren't working. So, I mean, you could open drawers, you can look at manuals, you could look at you know, lab books, you could look and, you know, look at all sorts of stuff, and you could pretty much wander freely within the area of your purview, which would be um, any room that um, uses radiation. So, I mean, that's a possibility. There was something else that was... Oh, and then um, Chris Mellon said, well, I do know that his education background isn't true. And... Um, Joe Rogan said, like, he confirmed what I was speculating, is Joe Rogan was said that Bob Lazar had said he had been sent to Caltech to work on some, um, he said, awful stuff. And uh, is so this, that's well, what wait, I, was this while he was at Area S4? Or? No, I would have to say this would be it, because he was only there for a week or two. At Cal, where did he go from at, S4? At, it was S4. That but he, that went, was, that, he went on a field trip with some shavings to make to Los some, Alamos, and I Los think Alamos, if he, yeah, that's what. Okay, that's so different. I think if he did anything at, at any sort of coursework or extended coursework at MIT, it was probably through his Los Alamos job, because I'm assuming that would have taken a month at least to do course or several months to do coursework. So that's my speculation that he he may have done continuing education coursework or training at Caltech, and he's just. He just chalks it up as equivalent to a master's. Yeah, so. Like you said, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a confirmation of that. This. So, Chris Mellon provided a confirmation that Bob Lazar actually worked at Area 51. Mellon's the ex-fighter pilot, right? No, he's the rich no. dude, Carnegie Mellon. Oh, really? That no. is uh, involved in, he was the sec undersecretary of defense or something. That leaked the uh, UFO videos from the Pentagon. Oh, I have you know I tried to find that episode and then um, as the I May fifth, it's May fifth. Oh, well, that's easy to remember. Um, yeah, Cinco yeah. de Mayo. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's it's there. I listened to it on and off over a couple of days. It's three out. Yeah. It's three hours. Well, so. yeah, they all are. I mean, I got stuck on. Um, God, what's have you seen? Um, oh God, can't think of the movie now. Hollywood, the What's latest, about? Uh, the Sharon Tate murders, but it's alternate oh, reality. Oh, oh yeah, the um, Once Upon a Time in Once Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in America, or something in, Amer in Hollywood, and then by uh, what's his name? Yeah, well, he, I, <laughs> what's his name is what I'm going to say because I, I saw that interview and went, oh, I'd like to listen to that. So I got shiny shiny object uh syndrome so i started listening yeah, to that yeah, yeah. Ooh, and yeah. uh once upon a time in hollywood and it, it's kind of like you know um it was kind of interesting yeah but again uh, it's the, the interview with um uh, yeah i can't now i can't remember his name <laughs> it's tough getting old isn't it yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, he, he's. I can rem I can name a bunch of his movies, but I can't remember his name. Um, Want to say starts with a P. Anyway, <laughs> everybody knows who we're talking about. So yeah, it doesn't matter. 
it starts with a P. Yeah. We have I all guess, this technology and we can't figure it out. Huh? I, I could look it up, but I'm not I, touching my computer. Don't touch yeah, yours. We're, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. But so, how'd you like the movie? We're going to do a movie review here, real Quentin Tarantino. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's got a P in it somewhere. You know, um, how did you like that movie? We're going to do a movie review here, real quick, on uh, Alien Pro Podcast. What did you think about yeah. it? I thought it was really good. Yeah, I liked it. it. Um, I, the, uh, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought. And Tar- do you generally like Tarantino movies? Now we're going off on movie reviews, but do you generally um, like Tarantino? Did you watch? I like Pulp- Tarantino movies. Did I've you seen like all his movies? Pulp yeah. Fiction, all that. Yeah, I liked all his movies, but there, I don't like to rewatch them. Yeah. So uh, they're great to watch the first time, and then then you don't need to watch. Then I don't need to watch them again. So, but yeah. they're, they're definitely worth watching. We've seen. We saw it at the theater, and then um, we bought the DVD. Um, for, uh, for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, we bought that. Yeah. We 4K. I bought a 4K UHD Ultra Hide whatever, and cool. uh, nice. we, you know, we bought it and got check it out in the game room, and then uh, it disappeared. And then, you know, one of the kids I think <laughs> borrowed it. Yeah. We accused. We, we we accused you know the favorite son as Robert would call him. Yeah. Uh, of, of Dick. yeah, that's how we're gonna. That's how we're don't, gonna don't reference this. Don't, don't mention the his middle name. favorite son who doesn't yeah, do podcasts. Yes, don't mention <laughs> his calls, name. He calls me a nerd. He's like the nerd. You are such and Robert's a nerd. like, oh, I want. I like Robert going. Oh, I knew you'd bring him up. He's going, oh, I knew you'd bring him up. In seven seconds. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's twenty yeah. he's like it's twenty-five seconds into the into his podcast. He goes, Yeah, you had to bring up your favorite son. <laughs> but don't uh, mention his name. Yeah. yeah. It's it's probably too soon to mention Robert's movie. <laughs> our our executive producer had a really good adventure in moving. We're 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 gonna have to we have to wait a couple episodes to uh, to, to mention that. To well, uh, he, actually, did pod- he, he did a podcast. He did a podcast. So huh? out there, if you guys are listening, um, you know Armageddon Dance Party with Robert Anthony, and um, I don't know which episode, uh, but check it's, out. Yeah, I can't remember what the name of it is, but find it, and it talks about the his adventure in um, in his move from. Uh, from Seattle, Seattle to, uh, to Austin, SeaTac, so, yeah, to uh, Austin, to, to which Austin. he lo- loves. Austin, I can't wait to go visit. That sounds like a it's, cool place. Austin's exploding. It's yeah. uh, well, you have your yep. you have your brother Kevin and your son is out there. Yeah, now my uh, my brother Kevin is out there. Yes, so, not your other brother Kevin. My but other your brother is Kevin. Modesto. I got Modesto, and I got. The other one in Texas. Brother Kevin and the other brother Kevin. Yeah, two brothers. So, um, anyway, so yeah, it's uh, that adventure in move is worth a listen to. So we'll give you guys a we'll give you guys a week or two to to find that, and definitely you have to. It's got It's got about. It's on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. Armageddon Dance Party with Robert Anthony, and uh, Robert also does. uh, He's a budding stand-up comedian so we're trying to also he's been into kill tony but he hasn't been on stage yet so we're we keep watching for robert and uh he's uh robert's part 
Robert's pretty good, I think. So uh, he's 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 working his working his craft, I think, down there in Austin. His, his joke about you was pretty good that I saw. Yeah, his joke about me was good and accurate. So yeah. uh, you know, that's one of his favorite jokes. So you'll be hearing about Dad's lack of technical skills in a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we, you know, we, as we just that, experienced, as we experienced, yeah, we spent an hour <laughs> screwing, screwing with computer we crap. To, yeah. Flip this switch. Uh, nothing yeah. works now. Touch, uh, worked out well. Here, try this. I don't have, I have yet to get oh a technical, pro- I need a producer in here to you have like, one, work all the, I, the I, I, he lives in another state. He lives in another state and tells me to Google it. Just like you were doing, just like you were doing oh, when we when everything that failed. Well. That Do this really and well. that doesn't have that. That doesn't have that on there. Yep. That worked. Well, that worked out. So Lubbock, oh, are we ready for Lubbock? Are we? Yeah, let me get Chris my. Uh, I, I have something here. Let me get my. Did you have glasses something? On. To, um, I got to put my glasses on so I can see. Yeah, mine are affixed to my head permanently. I'm back. And I can see, <clears throat> and I can find my notes. I, I had notes. I think I, so, yeah, this is, you were asking me how my week week was? Yeah. Uh, I was digging through, um, <laughs> my, my desk is, was nice and clean and didn't have anything on it. And now it's like filling up with papers and books on UFO crap. And I'm like digging through it. And I've like found bills that I hadn't paid. Uh, you see, you know, you're like a druggie. UFO druggy. I was looking for something and I'm moving stuff around. And I'm like, what is this? And I'm looking at it and I go, this is a bill that I didn't pay. Yeah, it was a couple days late. So I'm just like, holy crap. It's just I got buried in the, my desk. So, yeah. Hey, so the Lubbock Lights. Uh, do you want to start saying something or should I start? Go ahead. Talk Go ahead. About? Well, I wanted to back up a little bit. I wanted to say um, Project Grudge was. I've also been reading um, Firestorm by Ann Druffel, which is a biography of James E. McDonald, who is an atmospheric physicist that was very involved in uh, the UFO stuff and NICAP uh, in the 60s, which, as I think we we just talked about all this massive stack of paper that I was able to find online with these different reports put out by NICAP in the 60s. But Project Grudge had a guy called Lieutenant Cummings. And then, and he was running Project Grudge. And apparently, Lieutenant Cummings was very good. And later, um, Ruppelt took over Project Grudge, which they renamed to Project Blue Book. Right. So, and we're at we're we're approaching that sort of transition pe- period. But one of the things that, when I've been reading this biography, I've also read about. Um, hell, is it? Oh, it's up here. Um, Tucker came in. So there was Cummings who did Grudge, and then there was um, Ruppelt who wrote this book that we're talking about, and then there was this guy named Tucker. Which I'm going to grab his book. You just ordered a copy. Yes. Um, and it's up here if I don't trash everything. I got to. 
It's I've like actually a, reached the point. Is it like a UFO library there, Bill? Uh, yeah, and it's gotten so bad that I've reached the point where I have to do a bibliography what of all is, the books. What is uh, what's your wife think about all this? Uh, Does no, she, she thinks it's cool. She thinks it's all right. She thinks oh, it's really? Cool. Yeah. She, well, you got a break. Can she come on? Can we talk to her? I don't know. Why not? She's not here. She's top secret. She's, she's not here. She's not here. Well, not today. Can we talk? Can, she want to come on? Let's talk to her. See what she says. No. no. It's a secret. It's a secret. Yeah. Uh, no, she seems fine with it. But, she, doesn't, uh, she doesn't think you're losing your mind? No, no. I mean, I'm, she thinks, I don't know what, she thinks it's all right. She's not, she's not thinking it's anything. I think she thinks the same thing my wife does. Yeah, it'll keep him busy and out of trouble. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. I, I, I think she's pretty open-minded, and I think it's... Um, I think it's just what it is. is I don't she, know. Does she look into the skies more these days? Or, you know? No, I, I seriously doubt that. So, but anyway, so this guy um, after Ruppelt was Lieutenant Colonel Lawrence J. Tacker, who wrote um, an authorized book called Flying Saucers and the U.S. Air Force, which we should talk about, the official Air Force story, which is, um, yeah, uh, absolutely positively saying that flying saucers do not exist of course of yeah, course they're going to say awesome. that they've been saying that and they well at least today saying it for 70 years they're not saying today even today that they exist they're saying that there's something there they don't know what to do what it is yeah i mean it's the you same know? thing i was just uh well that's what, what else what else can they say they don't know anything you yeah know? well i think this this book by tacker was um written to counter Ruppelt's book, to counter the report on unidentified flying saucers. And I actually sent you the uh, that paragraph that's in it about uh, Ruppelt, where he's saying, uh, here, let me look it up. So this one, where is it? Ruppelt. How do you spell Ruppelt? How do you spell? R-U-P-P-E-L-T. Where is it? Report on it. Oh, yeah, here it is. 77. They don't have it under report pelt. They have it under report. No. Uh, and they said, uh, they said another interesting and recent development is, is that Captain Ed Ruppelt, author of the report on flying unidentified flying objects, and an analysis analyst, Somebody more, somebody's been marking this book up. They marked this paragraph. <laughs> Quit writing uh, this that is, book. Well, this is an old library book. It's beat to hell. Uh, but somebody had marked this paragraph. And an analyst for uh, the Air Force's Project Blue Book who associated, who associated with many astronomers and astrophysicists recently revised his book by adding three chapters. He sums up his brief belief by saying, even taking into consideration the highly qualified background of some of the people who made sightings, there was not one single case which upon the closest analysis could not be logically explained in terms of some common object or phenomena, which is absolutely untrue. And as we talked about before, Ruppelt in 1960 had been dead for a year. So that's oh, going to really? be a fun read. Yeah, he died in 1959. And then in 1966, they published the copy of the report on unidentified 
flying objects that I have, which has an additional three chapters, which I did send you. Yes, we'll so get anyway, to that at the end, yeah. Yeah, we'll get there in a year or so at this point. But <laughs> yeah, um, really. the, the point I wanted to make about Cummings and Ruppelt compared to, like, Tucker, Tacker, and uh, this other guy, Quinn, Quinn i got to pronounce his name right, Quinn, um, who took over in the 60s, Project Blue Book. Start with a Q. Um, oh, come on. Don't, really? Oh, P, Q. There we go. Quintanilla. Major Hector Quintanilla. He was uh, in charge of Blue Book in the 1960s. Tucker and Quintanilla are um, lifers in the Air Force. They're career officers. Whereas right. Lieutenant, Lieutenant Cummings and Ruppelt were essentially draftees that were activated. They, had, they were active uh, military in World War II. And when the Korean War started, they were activated for two years of service. So Lieutenant uh, Cummings left and went, left Project Blue, or left Project Grudge and went to, uh, back to Caltech, where I guess he was going to school. And which is a big deal. And I haven't, I've tried to figure out who he is and I haven't found it, but it'll probably come up somewhere. And then Ruppelt, same thing. He was, he was out of the army, he was on reserve status, and they activated for him for two years. And he came in, and that's when he worked for Project Blue Book from 51 through 53. And uh, so these guys aren't, their career isn't dependent on them being, you know, good or whatever. Uh, for the research into or their their analysis of UFOs, whereas Tacker, um, Lieutenant Colonel Lawrence J. Tacker, who wrote this book on Blue Book when he worked there, after he worked there, and Quentin Nia, who apparently wrote a book uh, which hasn't been published about his experience at Blue Book at um, at uh, Project Blue Book, um, were career officers, career military. So they, um, so the viewpoint and the way they dealt with things was completely different than Ruppelt or uh, Cummings, who, you know, they're gone in two years. It's like, what are they going to do? Yeah. You know? Well, is the book, the book's not published? I mean, is this dude dead? Quentin, yeah, apparently, you know who Bigelow is? Yes, Robert Bigelow. Robert Bigelow. He yeah. had some sort of insert research institute. Yes, we talked do. about it on Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, he was one of yeah. the owners of he was one of the owners of Skinwalker Ranch before the current owner came and took it over. Have you watched Skinwalker Ranch? I don't want to get off too far. But... Uh, the new show that they've been yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. It's not We've good. talked I about don't... yeah. De Deb and I yeah. do a review when we do an episode every once in a while, and yeah, well, we won't talk about that because we've beat it to death. Yeah, you guys, so. should, you guys should review it. I um, I wasn't very impressed with it. I watched no. a couple episodes, and it's not. Uh, it's. It, I don't feel it's worth my time. My have precious you watched, time. Have you watched the Oak Island mystery or whatever? The secret of Oak no, Island. No, the guys digging in the uh, pit. Yeah, that's it's it's Oak Island only with UFOs. Yeah, that's what we've just drag it out, drag it out forever. I See, remember now, reading about Oak Oak Island when I was a kid, and they've been doing that Oak Island thing for like fifty years now, digging in this pit or something. Yeah. yeah. You remember Look, when I used to go to the pebble? Let's well, analyze it, and everyone looks shocked. <gasps> I love the uh, reaction <laughs> shots. They do these well, reaction ever, shots. Remember my friends that lived in uh, 
Copperopolis. Did you ever go to that place? The, the, you know, I don't think so. No. I remember we visited them, well, 40, I don't know. 40 years I don't know. ago. And the first I heard of Oak Island was in a Reader's Digest in their bath, in their bathroom. And it was, the, the story was unbelievable. And it originally yeah. it started out awesome. And now they've, Oh, I wouldn't want to use the words perverted, but they've—they're making money on it, and it's—they're they're dragging it out. It's like the the, it's, the show on this following the Skin Rock Walker Ranch. I don't know what Bigelow found. Did Bigelow do any um, movies or documentaries on it? I don't re recall what he found. I don't think he's released any. Okay. I don't think he's. They have some weird. I mean, there are some interesting things that I've seen in the current show and the yeah. remnants of the the. Um, there's like this animal pen with a a watchtower or something. It got some interesting things that Bigelow might might have been doing. Um, but yeah, well, I, I you know I can't watch it. It's just it's just too tedious. Well, they're well, it's it, it just seems fake. I'm sorry. It just yeah. doesn't. After I watched Oak, I I really watched Oak Island for years. Thinking yeah. I was one of those people. It's gonna okay. They're finally gonna hit. Well, I'm sure it'd be just, big news. It just, it's, it's right around the next corner. Yeah, it's right around the 50 next. 50 feet. Yeah, and, uh, and they're digging um, holes all over this island, and they've got yeah. metal detectors, and they find a button, and they find a coin, and they did they really <gasps> find, find it? Button. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then they got the swamp. They're draining the swamp. I've heard that term before. And, but, and then uh, they do a re reaction shot when they found a button, where everyone's got this yeah. like look on their face. Like, <gasps> A button. Yeah, they think yeah, that they right. brought the ship on. We're going to talk about it for a minute. They think that they brought yeah. this pirate ship into this swamp area and sank it. And then, so you would think that they would have been, you know, they find timber. Oh, look, we found a piece of timber, you know, like it's wood. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, I, I gave up on it. And then they came up yeah. with a skinwalker thing. And I go, this is Oak Island all again. And yeah. we watch it yeah. only because we're UFO buffs, you know. My wife, not so much. And she walks just because, you know, you, she you makes like she likes to. <laughs> yes, I. Yes, I do. Uh, so now um, what is the? We should probably start talking about the uh, chapter in the, the rebuilt. Yeah, in the rebuilt. So, book. OK, so the the Lubbock lights. Um, the, that was let me go to my notes. Oh, oh yeah. The so the Lubbock lights. There's a couple things in that chapter. One of them was that I thought was real interesting is that there was an employee of the Atomic Energy Commission, and this guy and his wife were sitting out outside of their their house, and they spotted a craft that had wings that were sharply swept back, almost like a V. They couldn't see the color. But they did notice there were dark bands running across the wings from front to back. And at the aft edge, which I think is the rear edge of the wings, there were six to eight pairs of soft, glowing, bluish lights. And this is, uh, this is sort of similar to the um, Lubbock lights, which were lights in a V formation, which, which weren't six to eight. Uh, the Lubbock lights were like 18 or 20. Um, and then, um, his wife, this guy's, this atomic energy commission's wife said it looked like an airplane without a body. Um, yeah, B, they keep saying B 29 every time they reference, every time the they size see of a like B 29. 
without wings. I guess they yeah. reference the size. I don't know, but these guys yeah. have this guy, this guy. Well, the researcher, the well, the atomic. I shouldn't say the researcher, the atomic scientist, the atomic scientist. He had a Q clearance, Q security clearance, which means yeah. that he's not a nut. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. he and his wife see these things. It's interesting because they they come over five times. Well, I don't know, is it five? couple times a day or five times a week or you know however it is and the, so they're looking at this thing and then he's got his pals out there and they come out and he's got friends and they're trying to use their these friends that are also scientists and they're oh yeah, this was to, the uh these are the professors from right. uh, texas technical college that saw the lubbock lights so they all saw and it's like, okay they're see, okay so they're seeing it a few times a week, few times, a, however often they see it, which was quite often. And it's, are they not reporting? I guess they didn't have a, they were not reporting it to anybody in grudge at that time. Or which well, so, didn't want to hear about it anyway, probably. But well, um, looking at it there, I'm also looking at the, uh, let's take a look at the, I'm looking at the look life magazine that talked about it. Um, 30 luminous beads arranged in a crescent shape. Oh, there was that kid that took managed to take pictures of this. Yeah, and he had an F-35 um, or Kodak 35 or something like that. I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, they but... have. They think they have it pretty detailed. Kodak 35-millimeter camera. They give the lens. Uh, he managed to get five exposures. 18-year-old Carl Hart Jr. And then the professors of Texas Tech were... Dr. Oberg, Professor Ducker, Dr. Robinson. Um, so they saw these lots of witnesses, lots, lots of, of witnesses. witnesses. Observations yeah. have been too numerous and too similar to be doubted. The Air Force, after closest examination, had found nothing fraudulent about Hart's pictures. The lights are too bright to be reflections and therefore bodies containing sources of lights. Oh, so they say the lights have to be emitted from whatever's flying. Right. Since uh, Professors Ducker, Oberg, and Robinson cannot measure the size, they give some estimates. Who knows what that means? Um, estimates are always hinky. Um, and they couldn't hear any sound. And I am going to go into Project Grud and Blue Book reports and see what this says. Um, since I just looked at this this morning. I mean, they were, the, uh, you know, W.L. Robinson, W.L. Robinson, professor of geology, A.J. Oberg, professor of chemical engineering, professor W.L. Ducker, head of petroleum engineering, the yeah. petroleum, uh, professor, there's Dr. George, professor of physics. I mean, these guys are wheels, and you know, it's it's interesting that they. Um, but who did they report this? I mean, did they not? Only yeah, after that's what the I'm... fact did was it reported? Well, I it think seems... it got since there were so many. It was in the newspaper, and I'm looking at the. Uh... Carl Hart Jr. is the amateur photographer who had his yep. Kodak 35. Said it. Are you a photographer? F 3.5. That's an F stop or something, right? Lubbock, Texas. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the Project Grudge Unclassified Report. 25th August, 1951. Evening, August 25, 51 at 
Central Time. Observed a group of lights pass overhead from north to south. Same intensity, bright star, but were larger in area. Um, besides the following, observe the incident. Professor Astronomy consulted. Did not observe any of these flights. Undertook a study. These and then these guys decided to study the problem to try and study it and do measurements. And they were running around and had, uh, uh, I think, sort of. Um, average they weren't very their results weren't very very good i mean they were trying to get angles they were running around i know one of the things like going to locations but then people could see and other people couldn't see um see they tried to do they place angular measure devices at the end of the baseline they failed because the objects did not appear on the night the observers were waiting for them uh no sound north to south in the majority of the flights Two or three flights per evening. So this went on for several evenings. And nobody tell. They're just ah, just we're just going to wait for them to fly out. We don't tell anybody. I mean, if they uh, were that fantastic, it, I think it was in the. I think it got in the newspaper. I don't know how Blue Book. Blue Book. Somebody must have called the Air Force because well, we're think still in a, Grudge, like right? We we're, we're not Blue Book land yet, right? Yeah. No, this is still Project Grudge. This is report. This is in the Project Grudge report number one two, which I'm looking at. What about the um, Tex? What about the Texan, the who uh, said it was uh, plovers? Plovers, the well, ducks, the ducks. Yeah. Well, this is um, so. The books, sort of um, the Rupelt's book on the Lubbock lights, um, sort of just leaves it there. And then he also says um, at the very end, I think it's on page end of the chapter. Yeah. So he goes. Uh, well, we have to talk about it. the duck. We have to talk about the duck well, before I'm, you. I'm, I'm okay. doing that. So he goes. Right. He he talks about that. But this is what he says. This is what Rupelt says. It's very unfortunate that I can't divulge exactly the way the answer was found. But it's an interesting story. How a scientist set a, a complete instrument station to track down the lights and how to spend several months testing the theory until he, found, he hit upon the answer. The story would lead to his identity in exchange to the story I promised him in complete anonymity. Uh, but he fully convinced me that he had the answer. And after having heard hundreds of explanations, I don't easily. The lights that the professor saw, the backbone of Lubbock-like series, have been positively identified as a very commonplace and easily explainable natural phenomena. And he reveals that in the last chapter. But I'm I gonna... saw that. But what was it? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you in a minute. Oh, in a minute. You, you have to wait. Did you find out from the so, other source what it was? Because it does not. It's in, the, book. it's in his book. It's in his, in his book at the last three chapters. You have those. But oh, I want to. I'm looking at. Okay, so we know the answer, Grudge. but I don't know the answer because it wasn't. Yeah, I'll in tell the you chapter. the answer. I will tell you the answer for good in time. Uh, so, Project okay. Grudge. So he's. They were talking about they. They in the book in Rupelt's book. They he just says, well, somebody saw it, and they said plovers. Right, and I've seen other yeah. things online and things I've read about, and then it's like the final, the some all be all. It's like oh, it's just plovers flying over. But in the um, Project Grudge unclassified report, which I have sitting in front of me right now, um, one school of thought of the people in the Lubbock area is that the objects were some type of migratory birds reflecting light from the city. 
Some people reported that they definitely knew the odds. This is from the Project Grudge official report. Right. Several people reported that they definitely knew the objects were ducks because they could see wings flapping. This is very possible. This is very possibly that some of the people who were looking for the objects did see ducks as there were duck flights passing over during the period. It is significant that those people who saw ducks were definitely able to identify the objects as ducks or some other type of bird because they could see the wings or heard them make a noise. However, other people were just as determined that they were not birds. The possible conclusion is that some people did see birds, but others saw some other objects. I want to make a note that this is these reports are probably put together by Lieutenant Cummings. Right. Who, who even though Grudge was set up to, you know, make the ufo problem go away lieutenant cummings was a very competent and honest evaluator of these sightings so this continues the report continues the college professors do not believe the theory that the objects were birds but they are giving the possibility more thought if they were birds they would have to be relatively low to give the illusion of high speed an occasional flight of birds might pass low over the city on a clear night but it is highly doubtful if they would continue to do this for several nights. Migratory birds usually try to keep away from cities. The federal wildlife game warden was visited, and although he was not familiar with the incident, he doubted if the objects were birds. He stated that they could have been however. The most likely suspect, if it is a bird, is a member of the plover family, which has a pure white breast. But unless there was a sudden influx of birds into the Lubbock area, the game warden doubted if they would be enough doubted if there would be enough of these birds to make up as many flights as was observed they in the book though it does say I don't know if you remember it does say that there was a highly highly unusual highly unusual amount of uh, those plover activity that year that season uh, more than yeah, usual yeah but this is but this is directly contradicting this the grudge yes, report is of course it is because it's the grudge report but it's <laughs> but the, the grudge report is saying there weren't birds that's interesting it's probably, they, probably well, not was birds then yeah it was ufos um if the photos are authentic the objects probably were not ducks because of an experienced photographer from the lubbock avalanche newspaper attempted to get photos of ducks using both natural light and flash but failed the what investigation happened? of this incident is continuing it is probably the most unique incident in the history of Project Grudge in that it was observed so many times by a scientifically trained group of observers. These people are continuing to attempt to arrive at a solution. They previously lost interest after several weeks of observation because they believe that the objects was some new Air Force aircraft or missile. Huh. Uh, the photographs are now at the Photographic Reconnaissance Laboratory at Wright Air Development Center for Analysis. Yeah, right, Patterson oh. Air Force Base, where they're keeping everything. I'm here to tell where you. Where they will disappear, <laughs> along with, everything along with right Jackie Gleason. Right, Patterson. Jackie Gleason. All right, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to wrap it up. Um, you well, know, we, we still to... got a few more minutes. We're still not at an hour. We're still. Where are we, we at? Going. Thirteen. You know, I'm at. Uh, I'm at. I'm at 56 minutes minus yep. uh, we had a brief yeah, okay. interruption of three minutes. Give you so we're four about minutes to talk minutes. about Jackie Gleason's house. All right. 
Oh, anyway, uh, let me finish up. Lubbock okay. Lights. All right. So um, the Grudge Report says it's indeterminate. The uh, Unif- uh, Rupert's book report says it was plovers. In the end of the Rupert book, he says that this scientist that was doing uh, analysis says it was moths. Oh, wow. Moths. Which is, yeah, moths, hundreds, moths flying in formation. And I can't believe that is the is a decent answer. And I don't know why the guy wouldn't publish it if he did see it. Yeah, it's... So I, I think it's a bullshit answer. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if what this guy saw and identified. I don't know if the uh, the debunking chapters that were added to Rupelt's book um, were. I mean, they threw that in just to make it more ridiculous. I don't know. Anyway, so Jackie Gleason and Richard Nixon. Let's so go. Let's, and saw. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. We'll, we'll save. There's a little bit. There's a lot to this story. Let's go ahead and save it for next. The next one. Because I, I do the next one. Yeah, let's do it on the next one. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up. All uh, right. So, what did we decide, real quick? What did we decide about Lubbock? Is it we don't know? Uh, I would definitely say Lubbock is I don't know. I don't believe the. I think the Grudge Report looks like they looked seriously into the plover thing and said it wasn't plovers. Rupelt uh, says some scientists discovered what it was, and then later in the added chapters, the weirdly added chapters to his book after he was dead, says it was moths. Um, I don't know. I don't wow. think, I don't think flights of moths is, um, um, a good answer, but since the, since it happened frequently over a long period of time, it's quite possible that it's a, you know, some sort of wildlife thing, but I would definitely put it, I'd put it as unknown. What is intriguing is this, what this atomic energy commission guy spotted. That's fascinating, and that's similar to the Phoenix lights that people were seeing years later. Yeah, I think those scientists would have been able to figure out if they were birds. I'm just thinking. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think but, the birds. I think a, the birds is a BS answer. Yeah. The moths. I'd, I'd have to. I mean, this is something that I don't know why the guy wouldn't publish go up public with the moth thing. So I think the moth thing is the BS answer. Yeah. So I would definitely put it as an unknown. Okay. Yeah. All right, then. Thank you, Dr. Bill, for joining us on another yep. episode of the Alien Probe Podcast. Thanks for listening. We welcome all questions or comments to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook at alienprobe.net, Twitter at alienprobepod. See us on YouTube recently. We've got all our episodes up there. Go ahead and check that out. We're not on video yet, um, but we're uh, we're we're still uh up there so uh check us out thanks to our senior producer robert anthony thanks again bill appreciate it all right see ya